0: Future of Star Wars theatrical movies the Rogue Squadron out is Mando coming in we're gonna talk about it right here on the resistance broadcast so welcome everybody I'm John thank you so much it's Monday uh, of Andor week and this podcast has not seen any episodes of andor so we are very <laughs> excited to check that out on Wednesday just a reminder Um, By the way, of course, with me as always, James and Lacey, who will be with me uh, Wednesday night as we go live. TRB Live is back for the next 10 weeks on Wednesdays as we're going to be talking about uh, the episodes of Andor that come out that week. And this week, of course, the Juggernaut, three episodes, about two two hours. hours worth of Andor to kick this thing off. And we're going live uh, Wednesday. Did we pick a time yet? Was it 9? We do 9. Yeah, around 9 p.m. But check just in case for updates. 9 East uh, on the US here. Uh, I believe that converts to 6 West for the West
1: Coasters. And uh, people in the UK, it's like 3 a.m. or something like that. Do you guys remember on TV? They used to be like tonight at 8, 7 Central. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like why was the central time involved and not like any of that I don't know I mean, I sort of get it, and I know that they had it there was like a West Coast broadcast and stuff, but it's funny eight seven central
0: I do remember that,
1: yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're
0: going live uh Wednesday night will be a very good time, and of course if you if for whatever reason you can't make it and join us live, it will be there on the channel, and of course, all of your audio apps the following morning, uh, as we always do on Thursdays. so um. But we're excited to talk about that. Um, There's a lot of news to get into. But before we get things going, uh, James and Lacey, we didn't get into this on our um, big like D23 coverage day, and someone had asked us if we were going to talk about it. Um, so just to talk briefly about the uh, Young Jedi Adventures. Uh, you know, the three of us have kids. Um, not all of them are old enough to watch this stuff and get it, of course. But it is a show targeted for like preschool, you know, really young kids a gateway to another gateway to Star Wars for them which could be cool. So, any thoughts on this uh, this fun little um, wholesome show that uh, they're bringing to us from the animated world of Star Wars? Yeah, I'm
1: not I don't know. My my first thoughts on it was is this I mean, do we I, we don't really have a whole lot of information about it, but my impression on immediate watch was it was sort of like targeted at younger kids. Is that just because, I mean, is it supposed to be like Muppet babies, sort of?
2: It's preschoolers, early grade schoolers, yeah, Yeah. and their families. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm curious if, because Star Wars has always sort of done this. I mean, there's probably examples, but I know even like Forces of Destiny is like for YouTube and it's on YouTube Kids, but there's something we can sort of get out of that stuff sometimes. We're like, oh, that's neat. I guess technically this happened or something and i I was kind of hoping that this would be another continuation of that, where even though like I don't know that I'll really like watch this show, but then like I don't know, you might still enjoy it like if you're watching with the right audience or something you know, I don't know, I'm kind of interested in it. I like the idea that there's different the the jedi that they're showing are alien species that we don't i mean I don't think we recognize like any of them, do we did any pop out what was where was the image uh Yoda. Yoda's there.
2: Yoda, it's a, a human character with kind of like red hair that comes with a droid. Then we have a, two Jedis um, and like a little bear Jedi.
1: Yeah, is that Yoda? Which is the Yoda? one everybody...
2: Yeah, that looks like Yoda, yeah. Because this is a High Republic show, by the way. James, I was kind of surprised you weren't saying like, oh, see, I was right. They're going to do a High Republic animated series because that's what this is. They're dressed like High Republic. Yeah,
1: yeah. Me, you know what? Uh, to be honest with you, I like... I. I think I just kind of breezed over this, and I'm, I'm like, oh, that's neat.
2: I think it's adorable, and I can't wait to watch it with Daisy. I'm like really excited to show my daughter Star Wars. She's already like interested in Star Wars things because my house is full of them. Um, Well, yeah, like she really loves Grogu. She loves BB-8. She like interacts with that kind of stuff. She has like a Tauntaun stuffed animal and a Bantha that she really likes. So this kind of stuff gets me excited. Um, she's still on kind of like obviously she's still under a year, so she's in the Coco Melon phase and like
1: like mm-hmm.
2: like kind of the sing songy, very straightforward shows. This mm-hmm. one probably has more of a plot to it, but I love the little bear character. I'll definitely buy these toys for her. I'm gonna get on yeah, that train, it,
0: but it's gonna be on Disney Junior, um, and I think one of the other affiliate Disney channels, um, and maybe so... eventually. Disney Plus, but it's they're going to be on regular, you know, cable, so it'll probably air like weekly or whatever, maybe Saturday mm-hmm. mornings. I'm not sure if they release the air times yet. But so it's- what so I haven't. know
1: about what I know about Disney Plus stuff is it sometimes comes on the Disney Now app. You can get access to certain episodes through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they really randomly drop them and on Disney Plus. So I don't, I don't entirely know that we'll even have access to this without like a cable package, which not going to buy for this you know
0: well it says mm-hmm. it will air on both disney jr and disney plus so people who don't have disney plus can watch it. Is the goal i think okay um so and, and it's basically just to me seems like um like morality tales and and the whole like george lucas adage of like learning how to do the right thing And being passionate and fun, quick
2: like hey, learn to share, be nice to others. Yeah, patience,
0: friendship, all that stuff that George Lucas said he made Star Wars for. So this gets a thumbs up from me. Um, there's nothing bad about it, and I, I, I'm glad that kids are going to be able to check this out. And I think Johnny's like that that perfect age. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what he how he takes this and what Mm -hmm. he thinks of it because he's dabbling in Star Wars too a bit. So he's even has some like action figures and. Bennett, too, but yeah, Mm -hmm. Bennett and Johnny,
2: you're both in this good age.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see when we get more from this, uh, but uh, thumbs up for me. Um, All right, James, we have Mm -hmm. a segment on the show called Resistance Report, and you are going to, as usual, steer us through.
1: (laughs) It's the Resistance. When you say steer us through, do you mean like in a fighter jet, like in an X-wing? Because no, I am no, no, really no. excited about uh, the Rogue Squadron movie that is going to be coming out um, and... soon. Oh, what is this headline? Sorry, Disney removes Rogue Squadron. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> the news this what, week. What, what percentage of our audience <laughs> buys this bit? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Three. <laughs> Um, Sound off in the comments. <laughs> no,
1: no. Three, as in just like, write James t- is Top full Gun of it three in the comments,
0: right? All right. Dun, dun, um, dun. So Top Gun Bainey.
1: yeah. So we got a new Crashed update and on Disney, uh, release schedule, and obviously there was all sorts of stuff that people were excited about inside Inside Out two, Lion King Mufasa, a prequel, um, but notably missing from it is they had Disney has removed the original date that they had set for Rogue squadron. Now we've, they've talked about it being pushed back, but I, my understanding is that the calendar is also pretty well in advance. So they have no timeline for this movie at all, which really raises the question in most people's mind. Is it still even happening? Um, that's it, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I just John- swallowed
2: when you said that. I just did the yeah. like, gulp.
1: John, yeah. um, thoughts on the removal of Rogue Squadron uh, from Disney's official uh, like timeline of feature releases? You said that sentence
0: so slow that I people are going to think <laughs> they accidentally hit slow listen on their audio podcast app.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't Rogue Squadron.
0: No, no. uh, Is that like a
1: glitch in the video? I don't think I (laughs) said it that slider. I don't
0: know, man. But yeah, it's more of a, I think, formality because everyone seemed to have been reporting about this movie. We know production, it didn't go into production. So hitting, a theatrical movie hitting a december 2023 release date if it still hasn't been in any form of production right now is not realistic Mm -hmm. uh so i think the writing was on the wall there now it's official um they like sort of like rip the band-aid off and they're like yeah we gotta let them know we can hold our cards close to the chest anymore um so i think this movie's toast i don't think it's a i know people are saying like oh, well, they just need more time and stuff. Like We just got to stop with that. Like It's it's not happening. This movie's not happening. It's done. It was removed. It didn't go into production. Now they've completely removed it from the schedule. It's the only thing that's been removed from the schedule, and it happens to be another Star Wars project. It's frustrating. It is. Now, at, at the same time- You know what they time...
2: also removed from the schedule? Not from the movie one, but Rangers of the New Republic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean- Ryan Johnson's movies were supposed to be probably well into production at this point. Five years
1: ago, like there's been. I'd like to look at the. Were were scheduled. I'd uh, like to look when we got all excited about the 10, 10 live action properties from Investors Day. How many of mm-hmm. those, just we know now, are not happening? You know, like if you we're look still at how many on... did happen, Lando. Didn't happen. Yeah, Lando was another one. Yeah. Um, Droid Tales. We still haven't heard anything about. But but listen.
0: Rogue Squadron, Kathleen Kennedy said we've pushed it to the side. It didn't it missed its production mark. Patty Jenkins, you know, there were reports that it was having trouble on the writing stage and that they were still developing that. It seems like this is a pattern that Lucasfilm has been falling into where it's somebody does something that's white hot and really good. And they just give them a movie without any fleshed out story. And they're like, let's make it about this. Then we'll worry about the script. And she was coming off of Wonder Woman 2017. It had monstrous success. They probably give her this. And then like the next Wonder Woman comes out. Not very good. Um, And then we go from there where now she's going to be doing Wonder Woman 3. And she probably has uh, other commitments. It just sounds like this thing was a... Like we need a we need a, a a female director who's who's the top of the list for everybody. Patty Jenkins, everyone up. Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. Bring her in. Bring I'm her guilty in. of that. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Uh, and I think they put <laughs> the cart before the horse. And again, they finally get to the point where they're like, "Wow, it's a, it's like when you have to do a project for like a, for like a college course." And all of a sudden, it's the end of the semester, and you're like, oh my God, I haven't read any of that book. They're like looking at the calendar, like December 2023, plenty of time, plenty of time. Cause I, we had speculated that big X Wing video promo that they released on December 2020 was gonna be at celebration August 2020 that year. That's three years. We're fine. Don't worry about it. And now all the months fall off the calendar. This thing keeps stumbling, and they're like, we just got to admit this isn't going to be. So um you know I I try to t- you know talk to some people who you know are sort of in the business and that sort of thing and they're like yeah this movie's completely toast. I know Puck News reported that it was toast and and they're quite reliable with um you know them having the former editor of THR, a Hollywood Reporter. I think this movie's finished and I think I I would rather them say that so that when Patty Jenkins is out promoting her next movie, whether it's Wonder Woman 3 or whatever she's doing, she's not asked the questions about the status of her Star Wars movie that she has to dodge, even though she knows it's not happening. Like, it's not fair to her to put her through that. If they know this movie's done, just tell us. Stop with the secrecy. Just tell the fans. It's not going to be that big of a deal. It's more of a mess when you have people, like, wondering, like I'm doing right now, like, I think it's done and James or somebody's going to be like I don't think it's done. I think they're just pushing it aside. Just let us know the truth. That's all us fans want. We are rooting for you so hard because we love Star Wars. We're on your side. But you got to let us know what's going on so that we can support it and 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 get behind your mission. You you got to open up the vault of secrecy a little bit so that we can be a part of this and and be able to speak on this accurately. I think this movie's done, man. I think this is this movie's finished and it doesn't mean that they're not going to get things together and, and make good movies going forward, but this is another stumbling block in, uh yeah. in, in star Wars projects. And I feel like we keep running into these. Um, So hopefully they, they can get some um good trajectory
1: going with other projects. But I, I, I just think, I think this thing's finished. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with what you're saying in the, the, fan discourse of not having the information because from a marketing standpoint, from a business standpoint, I understand when you have like a failure or something that fell through, you always sort of want to be like, you know, Microsoft quietly, you know, cancels this, that you know, they took this off of their page and people sort of report on that stuff. But generally you don't want to announce that you're like canceling something. You just want to like quietly sort of remove it or whatever. But Lucasfilm could use they they would be in better positive standpoint with their fans and not just diehard fans, just in general saying this is no longer happening because it causes more problems because we are aware of what's going on. Like we're seeing this taken off the schedule and then we don't know what's going on. So we cause more problems discussing it and debating over it. And it would just be cleaner as a business to just be like, we've decided to not move forward with that project and that would suck and it would be hot for a minute, but we would all have an answer and then we would move. We'd forget about it. You know, just be honest with your
0: fans. Yeah. If you
1: have the information, let, let your
0: fans know people put a lot of money into this franchise, a lot of time. Um, they love it. And I'm saying this from a perspective of, again, we're rooting for star Wars. We are behind star Wars. We want Lucasfilm to succeed, but you got to let us know what's going on. as fans, come on. Lacey, mm-hmm. thoughts?
2: Oh, man. Oh, my God. I don't even know what word I was saying because it's just like.
0: Man, <laughs> Man, <Man-sh-sh-sh>.
2: Man-sh-sh. <laughs> I, uh, I am one of the people that said to choose Patty Jenkins. Now, obviously, I'm not the person that works at Lucasfilm that chooses her, so I'm not responsible. But I feel guilty for choosing someone if this didn't isn't panning out properly. Um, that being said i i I'm a little frustrated i I think I'm in the position of why do they keep putting movies on the calendar and movies in in play that don't have a story yet that don't have a script? And I feel like. They're doing things a little backwards. Now, I'm going to speak honestly here and say that, have I ever made a movie? No. So I'm talking from a place of just being a lover of movies and storytelling and someone that's just very good at organizing projects. But my whole thing is, how do you put together something like a movie without some sort of plan? And it seems like time and time again, they're in this position where they don't have a plan, at least currently, with... uh, you know, Ryan's thing is kind of all over the place. Tyka's thing, you know, he said he's working on it and he's currently doing... Th- they just announced today the or this week the dates for his new movie that's coming out next year. So it's like, okay, he just did Thor. He's supposed to be working on Star Wars, but then they have a date for his new movie, so that's getting moved around. It's just very much confusing to me because I feel that I'm in the position with a lot of Star Wars fans of... We like going to the movies for the Star Wars experience. Now, I'm also on the side of I love watching from my couch, but nothing is ever going to top the feeling of sitting in a movie theater watching a Star Wars movie. And I just feel like that experience is very much missed, especially what everybody's been through for the past few years is like you want that camaraderie again and we just haven't had it. And it's really hard to see other franchises just churning out Show after movie after show after movie, and is every single one of those projects the best thing ever? No, but they tell different stories. They have different perspectives. They all have different feels. They're trying new things. Like I have no problem with uh, a property or some type of you know franchise trying something. And hey, maybe it's not the best, but at least they tried. I just feel like we keep falling into this place of either it goes away or no one gets updates on it or like what is going on um and it's a little frustrating cuz like John was just saying like we're rooting for Lucasfilm we're rooting for Star Wars i want to defend Star Wars to everyone and i constantly feel like with the movies at least that i'm just like i have no idea what's going on but i miss going to the movie theater i miss having the hype of a movie and you know, seeing trailers and getting excited for things, and it seems like they've put all their eggs in the basket of TV, which I understand, because the Mandalorian has been such a hit for them and a hit for Disney Plus, that Disney's like, "No, just do more of that." But there is a big gap and a big miss here of where are the movies?
0: You know? Yeah. I mean, Lucasfilm has made five
1: movies. Four. Four and or movies getting released to Disney Plus. Yeah. I mean, if you add up the times, you know, or like. I'm not general... saying
2: the length of the content. I'm seeing the experience of going to a movie is going to be different than the experience of sitting on your couch for eight hours. You no, know
1: what I, I think get? That. What I'm saying more than is like, eight... just just come up with the story and use the money and the budget that you've clearly used four times over for Andor. And I love that you did that for Andor. That's great. But I'm having a hard time understanding how you can't just seem to focus on releasing one two-hour piece of content. Yeah,
2: right? It's just crazy. And again, so I'm speaking from a place of like they know better hours, than me. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't. But it is a little confusing when I just I see movies like Top Gun. And I'm like, this movie is so amazing. And it. It hit everything it should hit and it was a wonderful experience that I will cherish for the rest of my life of just that feeling of leaving the movie being like that was such a good movie and I don't feel like I've gotten that from Disney Lucasfilm. I got it from TFA. I got it from Solo. I got it from Rogue One. I don't feel like I got that from their the rest of their movies and I haven't had that since.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I think... They have had their production issues with some of the movies they've put out, most of the movies mm-hmm. they've put out. Um, a lot of movies have production issues, maybe don't get sure. as publicized as a Star Wars movie. Somehow people give Rogue One the free pass. I don't know why. but um,
2: I think they liked the end result, so they kind of ignore the sure. the rocky I, road to get to the I end I also episode. don't entirely
1: I, know, like, for some reason, Force Awakens. Also, we're we're aware of that, but I think that was the high profile project with Star Wars coming back. So we were sort of aware of it. But I think Rogue One slipped under because I just don't think fans were totally bought in yet. It was like when sure. after Rogue One hit, we're like, OK, now we're going to start analyzing everything. You know? But if you if you think,
0: right. And, and And if you think about what those movies that they've made so far are, including Indiana Jones, which will be the sixth movie they've put out from Lucasfilm since Disney acquired it under kathleen kennedy it's all closely tied to things george lucas made rogue one a new hope seven eight nine don't need to explain it solo was literally george lucas's idea mm-hmm. and indiana jones four with her 80 year old harrison ford that's who you're putting out there as Even at Star Wars Celebration, the only movie they talked about was Indiana Jones 4 with 80-year-old Harrison Ford saying, like, this is the future of our movies right now, is this last Indiana Jones movie. And then you
2: sit through a Marvel San Diego Comic-Con panel, and they have a timeline up there with the next 30 years of
0: movies, and and you're like... (laughs) Marvel's going to be Marvel and do that, and I don't know that Star Wars has to keep up with them, but I think my point is, I think... They are having a very difficult time stepping beyond from a big leverage, high stakes type of project. High Republic is fine, uh, no criticism on what it is. Not for me, really. But the stuff that you're putting a lot of your eggs in a basket, saying like this is a big, important project, a theatrical film. You know, we're we're putting a lot of stake into this. I think there's a lot of concern over what stories can we tell. That people are going to still want to come see that doesn't have R2-D2, Yoda, Luke Skywalker in it. And I think they're struggling with that. I remember talking to somebody a while ago who said they had spoken with multiple people inside the walls of Lucasfilm. Who said like Kathleen Kennedy had like a retreat with her whole team saying like we need to figure out stories to tell with our movies. And they're ha- I think they're having a very hard time figuring that out. And like the Tyka thing. I'm not saying his movie's not happening. I still think it is cuz I have to because that's the last thor people did not like. Right. And but <laughs> doesn't it feel like the stuff we're hearing about Taika's movie doesn't it sound very familiar to the I'm still working my story. I'm working on it and and Kathleen Kennedy's like we got Tyka's coming at some point. It's it sounds like the Ryan Johnson stuff all over again to me. I, I I, I it makes like... me
2: nervous. Like I have a lot of anxiety. It
0: does, yes. <laughs> and but we're right to feel nervous because like they th- this has been happening to a lot of their movies, and some of them wound up they finished and and completed. Um, Solo, Rogue One. To be
2: fair, going but... back to Top Gun for a quick second, anything Rogue Squadron did would never top Top Gun for me.
0: Well, so... James, Whoa. okay, that was a great so... point. James had made saying like maybe I... Top Gun yeah. is the reason
1: this thing got. I actually, I actually yeah. sort of have two, two. For some reason I feel like I'm very bad with predictions by the way like I'm always <laughs> wrong at like everything and we'll talk even more about that in this episode. But the the funny thing is that with Rogue One I've had sort of two big things that I'm pretty sure were like accurate. And that was the day Wonder Woman 2 came out. I was like, "Oh no. <laughs> that the Rogue Squadron's not happening." Because that has been the trajectory of Lucasfilm and their directors. They pick a director. Everybody gets really excited. That director releases another movie that completely bombs, that nobody likes. And then they fire that director. It has been very common. It's happened many times. And so they announced Rogue Squadron. Wonder Woman 2 came out. Everybody had things to say about it. And now this is happening, but I think the Brian nail Johnson, in the coffin. Brian Johnson, Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, the the other the, um, the other one with that is uh that what we were just talking about is like I think the real nail in the coffin was they got early screenings or they saw what was going on with Maverick. They probably asked, got an early version of it or something, and they just saw it and go. It, it you know. I, I just don't think Patty's up to this. This is not going to happen. I mean, we're going to sh- be compared to this movie and it's just not going to be yes. as good as that. So
2: even the announcement video where she's rollerblading and the planes flying above her and she's smiling at the plane and like, "Yay! It is Tom Cruise on his motorcycle driving down the road, yeah. <laughs> and smiling it's like and a shot
1: the- like a Top Gun movie." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like as soon as
2: Top something. Gun we saw it together, the three of us, which was a really fun night, by the way. Um, when we left that movie, James turned to us and said, "Guys, I don't think Rogue Squadron's gonna come." Back. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "I don't know how they're gonna top that." And John and I were like, "Oh."
0: <laughs> well, I was on Cloud Nine. Like I walked out of Top Gun, like I just saw the yeah, greatest yeah. sequel ever. It is like,
2: literally my top five best movie I've ever and seen. And you
0: guys were like. A little on the fence about it, and being jokey about it at the beginning and stuff, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, this movie's amazing."
2: Because the first I, one's not good.
0: Yes, it is.
1: It's incredible.
2: Well, it's I, really not.
1: I think what we were jokey about is, and and the movie does a very good job at being. We're talking Maverick now. It does a very good job at <laughs> the being biggest movie self-aware. of the year. Go for it. <laughs> they knew they knew that like the '80s Top Gun was a little over top in area, but to bring that nostalgia back. They did it properly and equally went over the top in a good feeling way. So, yes, it's over the top. You can acknowledge it's over the top. It's a little over the top in some things. But I'm not denying that it was they should have taken that stuff out. I'm saying they did it the right way, and that's great.
2: Still over the top a little bit, but You know what I think is missing from Star Wars, which Top Gun had? Mm -hmm. A love story.
1: Oh, Yeah.
0: and it's Disney okay to let your hero live. <laughs> like,
2: yes, yeah. and let your hero it's live. Like Disney announced at D23 when they're doing all these other announcements that their new movies, you know, like Snow White, are going away from the love story and all this stuff. And it's like, that's what are you doing? Right. Why is it? I don't know why it's become this thing where the heroine in the story, or gentleman, but so far heroine in the story of Star Wars, can't be in love because it means she's weak like I don't know why that's the story people tell now
0: Leia wasn't weak
2: no not at all so I feel like that's where these movies have kind of moved and it's like why are we moving away from love stories because here's a a story that's Top Gun that's its own story but then plays into love and it was a wonderful warm feeling hug leave the movie smiling for two weeks type of movie and I think it's due to that. And it, like John said, the hero doesn't die. Why does everyone have to die in Star and Wars? And especially
0: the climate has changed. Like in 2015, I think things were just more environmentally better for everybody from a social standpoint. There wasn't like, uh, like serious wars going on. No pandemic. Uh, I think economy was pretty solid. Like I think it was a, just a normal year. And we probably took it for granted compared to what we're dealing with from 2019 uh, to now. Uh, 2020 to now. So, killing Han Solo then may play in the TFA, right? Especially with um Harrison Ford saying like I'm gonna come back for one, you know, so, so that sort of thing. I think today now people, it's like one of those things. Like in '77 when Star Wars came out, and people needed that hope and they needed the, the happy ending and all that stuff. Top Gun hit at the right time. Like they released it in a time where people. There's a, like, there's a lot of darkness in the world right now, and maybe some people are doing great, and that's fine, but just, you know, the Ukraine war, and inflation, and pandemic's still going on, people dying. Like, it's just, there's a lot of darkness in the real world, and, you know, people are having a hard time, whether it's internally or outwardly, whatever. We need stories again where the hero lives, and if it's, if it's, if it's far-fetched that they live, who cares? It's a movie. Like let your heroes live. It's the it, it's the right time to to go back to that type of storytelling. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. I wonder why and, you like solo. And that's yes, what I was gonna say. Solo, solo to your point, to smiling, Lacy. That that the one movie that did have romance in it. It didn't end where they ride off in the sunset together, but it did have it. It had it. It had the love story. But it, it.
2: L- they didn't ride off into the sunset. But nobody died
1: before right, right. To the sunset. So, so, look, you don't need tell to tell that uh, to, we don't need to tell our boss. audience. Solo's. <laughs> <laughs> Solo is
0: amazing, and I'll I'll, I'll debate anybody to the end of the year. Tell
1: that to Beckett.
2: I just I guess I'm putting it out there. I'm well, taking a moment. Well, she means
1: here. I know. Taking I know. a moment
2: to manifest in the Star Wars galaxy, whatever movie gets made, can we have a love story in it, please? Mm. Something that's love. Well, maybe happiness.
0: Maybe Pedro Pascal has some ideas. Everything we...
2: that's been described for Andor has been it's. Dark gritty, they don't love each other anymore. Like, no, I want like a lovey dovey adventure. Han Leia, give me, give me that return of the Jedi, dancing around. Maybe Happy the Mandalorian
0: story. will fall in love. I'll take that, I <laughs> will gladly really take that.
2: And we talked about that with Sabine, I will gladly take that. Yeah, so anything, please. Um, um sorry, Patty Jenkins. Uh, hope. we are wrong we were talking about patty jane i hope i hope we are wrong (laughs) but uh right now it is giving me anxiety
1: (laughs) yeah well um let's move on to the next story here because this might actually be a movie story um if i guessed
2: this i will be the biggest genius of all time
1: i would agree to that bad idea but anyway, but let's talk about the genius story. How would if it was a bad idea? <laughs> I'll explain, I'll explain. Okay, um okay. no, the, uh this week, you know, Pedro Pascal uh was asked about Mandalorian and the possibilities of a movie and he generally just kind of came out and said like, you know, yeah, like I would entertain that idea. That sounds like a good idea. Um I think like after, you know, what we've seen, like this just seems like a no-brainer it should be happening kind of thing. Um, and I think the reason it, it's being talked about is because Lacey has predicted this on the shows and we've kind of debated this back and forth. She's been the one I, I think maybe John too. I'm not really sure what your stance on, but I, but I feel at odds with a- Lacey because I'm <laughs> so, I was so against it and she was so for it. Um, but I'll start with you, Lacey on, on your thoughts on the, uh, Pedro Pascal comments about a Mandalorian feature. Let's put it that
2: way. Yeah. I, the funny thing about this is that when I first read it, I definitely texted these guys and was like, so who's wrong now? Um, but I, I feel like I, like I said before that Mando is, is building to a point that it could end with a movie cinematic adventure. Um, they clearly love John Favreau. They love what he's built. It's kind of branching out to all these different shows. And Kathleen Kennedy had said at Investor Day that it's all building to this one big event. I feel like the one big event could be a movie. I feel like it could be branching Mm -hmm. out and then coming back into a a cinematic situation where we're back in the theater again, which I would love. And it's with characters that they don't have a big risk on. They know people are going to sit in the seats for Mando. So it's not a huge risk to put that on the big screen. Um, That being said, the fact that at D23, Rick was walking around talking about doing the movie and then Pedro was like, oh, yeah, we've talked about it. If we haven't talked about it in length, we're going to do it after this. Like, just to even put that out into the universe is a big thing because, you know, these people have talking points. They won't usually go off script and say something random. Um, so I hope it happens. I stand by that statement. I would love to watch Mando on the big screen.
1: John, any thoughts?
0: I I think this is already in development. I think this is happening. I I, and and that's not based that's not based on anything I know. But you like look at the puzzle pieces, like I try to do, and connect the dots. And Mm -hmm. they're struggling hard on the theatrical side of things right now. They are out of gas, and you have John Favreau one of the best directors today, literally launched the MCU with he Iron He
2: did, Man. yeah.
0: Elf, Swingers, Lion King. The guy makes box office gold, and for the most part, his movies are well-loved. He's already entrenched with Dave Filoni. The Mando Plus, the verse, whatever you want to call it, seems to be one of the things impervious to the slings and arrows of the filth side of star wars fandom all checking all the boxes good 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 i think this is a no-brainer because even from from like make bob chapik fat and happy be like make this movie it already has a built audience for it you got grogu let's make him bigger put him on the big screen and that will also retroactively bring people to disney plus i want to see how we got to this point after i take my family to go see this new Star Wars movie. I think this is a no-brainer. You hear Pedro Pascal talking about it like, if it's not a conversation today, it's going to be tomorrow. And he is, like, loved by fans. You know Kathleen Kennedy likes that aspect of it. Everything points to this making way too much sense for them not to do it. Even if they were rolling with five movies all written by Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas came back, and everything's great, I still think this would be made into a movie at some point. I don't think this is a matter of if. I think it's when. I think we're definitely getting a Mandalorian movie in the theaters, and it's going to be huge budget, big-time stuff to either end the Mandalorian story or launch the next, you know, wave of Star Wars movies that take place between six and seven that don't necessarily have connectivity to Anakin Skywalker's story and that sort of thing. So I, I think this is a... Great idea, and I think just based on everything I just laid out, it makes so much sense for them not to do it.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I I just see this so differently. I see James it is as like weak. absolutely not. Yeah, I just see it as a weak move. It's like they don't know what they're doing with their movies, and they're like, I don't know. Mandalorian's working. Can we just do Mandalorian movies? And it's like that's just such a weak take. Like I just think that's it's very obvious then that they don't know what they're doing. And I I really do stick to, and I know the last time we talked about this, that you guys were throwing out some examples of when, and I'm like, those feel like the exceptions, not the rules. Generally though, if you have a property that exists on television, whenever they decide to end it or something like that, it just stays on television. Usually things don't get elevated to a, a, a movie level unless they're, already like i mean when i say massively successful is i don't know i just feel like like sex in the city or something like that they felt like they could elevate it to that level but i just don't i don't see this being that i see this as being a very successful disney plus show and it also involves other people like it's all disney but that would be a loss for disney plus like the group of people that create the disney plus content it seems like they're sort of handing that over and letting like Disney films now get all the credit for a Mandalorian it's release. It's still Favreau, though. I know you say that, but it, it it still does feel to me like there's a specific team that was like, this is our thing. Like we developed this, we brought this into this belongs on Disney Plus. And to take it I that don't think Favreau feels release... that way at
2: all. I think if they offered him a movie for Mando, he would take it in a heartbeat.
1: I'm not I'm not talking about Favreau. I'm talking about Disney Plus, the team Disney Plus, like whoever's running, who's ever the management of content yeah, in charge of That's, dis- that's I where think they want Bob, to distribute it. That's the stu- think, Lucasfilm's still Lucasfilm.
2: I think Bob Chappick would say, hey, I'll take millions and millions and millions of dollars and Billions. then throw it on Disney Plus after the fact.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's still under the same umbrella, James. It's not like Disney Plus is, is fighting against Disney Studios. It's all the same family, and that you're just
2: driving where, people back you're saying to hey, that, the prequels. I, go watch everything on Disney yeah, Plus.
0: Look, Pinocchio but- just went right to Disney Plus. Like it's fluid. It's all fluid. This is still Lucasfilm. It's not like we're sending this over to Paramount to do the Mandalorian movie. It's no Kathleen Kennedy's still overseeing this. You know, right. it's still John Favreau and Dave Filoni. We're just putting a bigger budget behind it, and we're going to put some rear ends in seats because mm-hmm. we need to we're bleeding out we're supposed to give we're supposed to that. deliver I, disney that's not what
1: i'm talking about though then what are you talking about i i i just know like like what i've seen from business like even when i work at guitar center guitar center guitarcenter.com, two different entities two different understandings two different businesses they were a competitor our own website was a competitor to the in-store nobody knows that so like you say that to anybody that doesn't make any sense because it's all Guitar Center. It's all one business. It's all run by the same people. But it's like, no, these entities are sort of their own things. And I feel like if I was if I was in control of Disney Plus and we worked on the show and we we brought that it was part of our thing, that it would feel weird to then have the culmination of everything we're doing be now under the umbrella of like a Disney film. And like somehow that's like a different team that works on. The promotion and and everything that goes into that it's like you're handing off all your work Mm. regardless though that that's that's not what i'm saying is like the big point i'm i'm just saying i feel like if the mandalorian started on disney plus it just feels like everything that they're working towards is going to still be a disney plus thing where they want people to if you want to see how it all ends how it's all led to this subscribe to Disney plus like raising it to theatrical release. I feel like eliminates people because they want to go see the latest star Wars movie, but they haven't kept up with three or four seasons of the Mandalorian. And they definitely you can reach also a haven't wider also audience. By ha-
2: right. But you can reach a wider audience than having it in a movie theater than in a, on a TV show.
1: But they might not go if they don't know what's going on. And I know you could write you your could show say that about like, anything.
2: You could say about I, Top Gun. You could say about anything.
1: Even the Grogu phenomenon alone
0: alone will bring kids to the theaters, like they're there's people that research. got into Star
2: Wars just for Mando.
0: you know And I'm not yeah. trying to argue with you. I understand your point for sure.
1: I just I think it's, I think it's a wild move. I think the Mandalorian, I, 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 I feel like it belongs on Disney Plus. It's a television show, and having your culmination event or whatever it is, where you're crossover all these shows being like, it's going to be so big we're releasing it as a movie. I don't know that seems so crazy and far-fetched to me. Um despite, you know, well, you know, it it you have all the factors. It's so big, it's going to work and stuff. And I just I don't know. I I don't know that it would and and in, in turn I'm like keep Mandalorian on Disney Plus and make that a big thing and also just make movies, <laughs> right? So how like, do you you're taking so, like, your one thing and turning it into a movie and I'm like that's weak come up with better content. But you
0: know? you correct me if I'm wrong, you like the idea of watching the Star Wars the story of Star Wars on its timeline on rewatches, right? Like you say I want to start here and go here and then go here and then this happens and this happens and this happens. So how do you relate that to like the Clone Wars? Cuz you got movie Then you got to go to a TV show to find out what happens after that, then back to a movie, which Mm -hmm. follows right after that and sort of
1: blends in with that. So it's sort of that same thing. Well, I think that's a weird example because they started with a movie and then moved to a TV show. It's still... It fits in the timeline right, but you could... I mean, Star Wars is all over the place as far as the timeline. And I don't like that you
0: said it's a weak move like, in terms of, like, an idea thing. Because Rogue One could be looked at as a weak move. They just, John Knoll looked at the crawl, and he's like, let's just make that. Right? And it was just an idea, and it worked Mm. out great. So I I don't necessarily think it's, like, a weak move. I I think it's the smart move. And we don't have to go on debating this. I know we have other stories to get into and stuff, and maybe we could approach it later, but... So if they made it let's put it this way would you be disappointed or would you be like all right let's see what they get going with this or like do you do you need them to start and finish this story on Disney Plus is that why you seem so impassioned
1: about it I don't need them to cuz I'm going to see it either way yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I I actually wish I had a better example of just like normally we just like, have these people be the headliners or something like that. at, at this, And they're always big. But instead, we're taking last year's smaller one and moving them up to the main stage, the, you know, kind of thing. Like, that's how I feel like it is. You're not bringing in a headliner. You're just taking your smaller property and moving it up and presenting it as, now it's a headliner. And it's well, like, I would argue not? it is their
2: I, main property because I, D23, I, I Mando was front and center on all became, their signage. Better, yeah. All yeah. their stuff with Grogu, the all they show, exhibit? and all their Disney Plus, all yeah. their Disney Plus commercials, Mando, yeah. Mando exhibit, any type of presentation, Favreau Mando. Yeah, what was going best to the Disney Plus part parties? of celebration?
0: Mando. The Mandalorian exhibit, Mando. That's best panel no movie, Mando. Until they make I think the Mandalorian if there
1: were movies, then people would say I'm mostly excited about that. I'm excited about Mandalorian, but not as excited as about Episode Ten. And that's I another think, big driver, though.
2: I think, looking back at Celebration, the best panel was the Mando Plus panel.
1: I know. And I wasn't but, even in it. But I'm saying, like, if we had a trailer for that new movie in, that, in the live-action panel, and they announced two other li- you know, li- big movies, theatrical movies, I think people would be buzzing about that, and it probably would not be... The, it, the Mandalorian would have been the runaway get because we still would visually yeah. sort of well. separate them as those are the films and those are the big shots, those are the headliners. Then also we're getting this good content on television. It's like its own thing over here.
0: I think it's becoming
1: bigger than... Everybody gets my point. If if you agree with me, you agree with me. And there's no yeah. point in moving around the bush here, beating around the bush. That's what, Moving that's... around the bush. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, beating around the bush isn't the right thing either because we're saying what we're saying, but we keep going around right. in circles is what I'm getting.
0: You got at. a bush in the hand and two birds.
1: <laughs> two, two birds in the stone. Um. <laughs> uh. Let's move on to our next story here, and that is, um. and I don't know how to pronounce his name. I should have looked it up ahead of time, but it's Manny Jacinto. That's how I got it. Mm-hmm. Manny Jacinto. Um. He is joining the cast of the Acolyte, uh, as reported by deadline um if you do not know who this person is um you may have seen um the good place uh you may have seen nine perfect strangers or that that's coming out right brand new cherry flavor um this uh uh he also was in top gun maverick right we were just talking about this yep um the uh he's coming uh, to the acolyte, apparently, according to deadline uh and what do we think about it? Is that a good get, a good ad? um John, I think you're first on this one what What are your thoughts on manny
0: so i don't, I'm not too familiar with him because I haven't watched the good place, even though I'm a big Ted dancing guy um but I've seen Top Gun Maverick. I know he had a small role in that, um but if Tom Cruise trusts you to be in his movie. Um, in my opinion, that adds uh, credence to your ability as a professional, anyway, because Tom Cruise does not... Whatever you think about Tom Cruise, I don't care. The guy makes movies, he delivers on them, and he demands excellence. So, for this guy to be in that movie, which is, Tom Cruise knew was a big legacy film, says a lot to me, Um, even though it was a small role. So, I I check a box there. Um, But, it goes to what I was saying, you know, about the Acolyte. You know, as we start learning that it's about to start filming I had said that we're going to get the waterfall once that first actor after um, the lead was revealed um, Amanda Stenberg once we got you know uh, Jody Turner Smith and then um, Lee Jong Jai from uh, uh, Squid Games I it just it's just the waterfall it, it just starts pouring out the cast here so I think there's more coming I'm interested to find out more about uh, this actor and I like the fact that I'm not super familiar with a lot of these actors because now I can watch the Acolyte and be like that's that character and you know I love that in Star Wars you know I still like my Woody Harrelson Beckets and stuff like that but I like you know seeing Luke Skywalker and and my first introduction to him was uh Luke Skywalker it wasn't oh Mark Hamill from blank and that's how everybody sort of met uh, Mark Hamill really mm-hmm, unless yeah. you watched mm-hmm. like an old soap opera from 1976 or something but um, so I'm I, I'll say this about the acolyte because we don't really know much about it other than it's going to be dark side leaning and stuff like that and where it's going to like sort of edge in in the timeline I'm, I'm really intrigued about this show again and I feel like I'm repeating what I said in recent weeks is just that because it's a very mysterious to me and I did like Russian doll so I am trusting Leslie Headland to at least deliver a good story um, but I need to know more before I can speak more to it and again I don't know much about this actor um, so I'm just leaning on stuff like, you know, Tom Cruise really trusted this guy to be part of his cast. That's, you know, m- people might not think that's a big deal, but I think with, when it comes to Tom Cruise movies, I think it is. So, um, I'll just say that and, and, and hand it off to, to Lacey who may have some more insight. I don't know if you've seen The Good Place or not, but, um, I, I just want to learn more about The Acolyte and maybe once it starts filming, we get some more deets.
1: Absolutely. Lacey, thoughts?
2: I am pumped about this choice. I thought it is a great casting. He's wonderful in the good place. He's one of those characters that you start off kind of being like, "Oh, this guy kind of sucks." And then by the end you're like, "This guy's amazing. He's the one of the best characters on this That's show." More, more. No. Not really. Very generic. I could be using that for an embargo. You know, it's very, very straightforward. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I will tell you this: the the uh, the good place is not a show that has like. I mean, I guess you could say it's spoilers, but what we're talking about here, that's not a spoiler. It's not anything about his arc. It's just like the the comedy. It happens the all the time. You yeah.
2: meet a character, and they're like, "Oh, this character is the worst." Matt and really you sucks. Grow to like him. Yeah. <laughs> Matt sucks. I got Matt sucks. Um. Anyway, but. I am slowly realizing that this cast is going to be one of the most attractive casts I've ever seen. <laughs> like everyone they announce is like more attractive than the last person, and you're just like, "This is going to be a very." Attractive you think show. You, you
0: think Squid Game guy is attractive?
2: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're thinking about him in Squid Game, right? With the flippy hair. He's kind of sweaty. You're
1: right. I am thinking of him. It's <laughs> good game.
2: <laughs> but if you, if You're you, because right.
1: green's not a good look for him.
2: If you look at his headshots online, he sure knows how to dress up. He looks lovely. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about these choices. I'm worried though, because this is the, this is similar to how I felt about uh, I'm blanking on his name the guy that plays Han in the Fast and the Furious. That's how I know him.
1: Oh. Um, yeah, I can't <sighs> think of his name either, but he, they I'm also kind of stuck him just randomly. Like, he, his character's fine, Fifth Brother, but it's like they hide he him. Played, yeah, so he, he was Fifth Brother.
2: It was super exciting for him to be in the show. James, you and I went on and on about, like, could Sun he be Kang. racing? Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Could he be racing stuff? Like, what does this mean? We love... He's another character. You're not sure who he is, but then he falls in... He's, like, my favorite character in Fast and the Furious franchise. Like... He got cast, and I was like, yes, I love this guy. And then you barely see him. So I'm really hoping that we get more of Manny in the Acolyte than just, hey, here's a couple scenes where he has a couple lines and he's in the background.
1: Because mm-hmm.
2: I feel like sometimes Star Wars has a problem where they add too many characters, too many people that like everybody has to have their little moment and stuff. Is he the a main guy that-
0: in, in The Good Place? Is he like one of the Yes A main um, guy? Is that a good show? Main? Yeah, like like, like oh, not Maine. a new yeah. man. He's like, in the I main cast, yes. Mean. He's in yeah, the main he's cast. He's one
1: of like the f- there's four including there's four and then Ted Danson. So Ted Danson's kind of like a title character. And then also uh, what's her name? Um Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell, yeah. I would say she's the other like title character. And then the the, the, the but the four of them. He's one of the and main then- supporting characters. Good yeah, show. Yeah. Should I watch
2: it? Yes. Very good. Right. Very, very right. good. It's on Netflix. Sorry. Um, on. But yeah, I just really hope he doesn't get pushed aside like I've seen in some other shows where they like, I don't know if it's my own hype, which might be part of the fault, but I just got so excited for that guy to be in the show and then he wasn't in it at all. And I was like, I didn't really get that, to see him.
0: I'll say this about Leslie Headland: I don't know if you guys watched Russian Doll yet or not, but. I tried to. Ooh. I saw the first one. You, oh, you didn't first like season. it? See, I, I kind liked- got bored. I like the first season and I lost it on the second season a bit. Um I don't know if the Acolytes I I, I don't know. I think the Acolytes are one and done. I'm not positive. But um she I don't does a, ongoing series, yeah. Yeah, she does a solid job of trying to involve all the characters. So hopefully that's a pattern she continues here.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next story here. Uh and that is uh just a clip from Andor. Nothing crazy. Um, but another clip to take a look at. Lacey, did you have any thoughts on the Andor clip?
2: Yeah, there's clearly tension between Andor and Bix, which we assumed from quotes from Tony Gilroy. Um it's kind of I joked off air that it's kind of one of the typical uh scenes where it's like there's clear tension between the two characters romantically and that he's like, I need your help, and the girl's like jab jab snarky comment jab jab and he's like come on i'm serious and she's like yeah whatever and he's like no i'm serious and then they just look at each other and then she's just like dun 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 and then that's how the clip ends it's like you've seen this in a ton of movies right you have the girl that's like i've been hurt enough i don't want to deal with you and then the guy's like please and then because they care they give in i'm interested to see where that relationship goes
1: Hmm.
0: yeah i don't have much to add to i mean we're gonna talk about it in Full context Wednesday night, mm-hmm. so when right. we finally see this thing, so, um, yeah, I don't really have much to add. I'm I'm curious to see where they take these. I hope it's not too like rehash of like Han and Leia, where they clearly still they clearly like each other, but they're bickering and the other one doesn't want to give in and stuff. Cause mm-hmm, mm-hmm. G- give me a fresh take. approach yeah. on the romance, but remains to be seen. We'll find out Wednesday when we finally get to see the show. Um, so. I'm excited for the show. I don't know much else to add about this one-minute clip out of context.
2: And we're excited to talk with you guys on Wednesday. Yes.
1: The only thing I can think that, not to add to this, but like we, me personally, we've seen three clips, and all three have been excellent. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, this just adds to hype for the show. Not particularly anything that they're saying or talking about. Just in general, I go, these two actors worked really well together this scene seems very real and dire and pressing and, and that all fits into the tone that they very clearly presented. Um, That scene works, that scene works, that scene works, you know, I'm like, so I think the show is going to (laughs) work. I'm just very, I'm feeling even more confident by watching just this simple clip. Um, But that's going to be it for resistance report this week. Uh, We have one other section that we wanted to do. Uh, And Lacey, you take it away.
2: All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod Race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube, especially for our live shows. Ring the bell for notifications so you know when we go live. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN and on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Also on Facebook and audio platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So starting at just $5, which is our new revamped Patreon, we're really excited. We have so many awesome things. Uh, You can support the show here. You can support what we're doing and our passion for Star Wars and what we have for goals this year and into the future. Um, It means a lot to us. It's a great community that we've built. And we can guarantee that when you join the community, you're not only engaging with us, but a group of people that are like the best fans anywhere. And as you go up in the ranks, you get access to um, merchandise, uh, live streams, different types of cool interactive videos that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just a really, really fun place, including our exclusive Discord, which I think is, if not my favorite place to be, because everybody's always in there.
0: And we just Mm -hmm. relaunched it today. So it's like we're even trying to remember all the stuff we're doing. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah uh it's it's exciting and let us know what you think about our new banners and stuff we're really excited about them um all right so anyway thank you to our generals and spice runners this is where they get to be a part of the show we ask them a question they give us their answer we respond so first i want to thank those people so thank you to our generals carmelo john Reese, Jed rosewater frank grande darth hurricane nick kratz christian morales brian smith matt chitty danny mike ramori matt heath chris white brennan mclaughlin count pepto Sam Zilke, Sneaky Zebra, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much. And to our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Warr, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys for keeping it spicy. This week we have Danny. Danny. Hey, Danny. Um, she is the biggest John Williams fan, I would mm-hmm. say. She is constantly at his concert. She's living like the best life. Um, so her question was, you have seen John Williams in concert many times. Uh, so what is your favorite piece of John Williams music to see slash hear performed live? Danny, take it away. Hello, Hello, thank you for your question. I thought it would be a great idea to come and answer this, uh, question live from the Hollywood Bowl. Uh this is where we usually come and see Joe Williams every September. Uh definitely one of my favorite tracks has been uh the finale of The First Awakens, which is the Jedi Set. Uh Honorable Mentions uh, has been Brave Theme. Uh also The Adventures of Han Solo. That was a surprise when that happened. Um it's all so happened. <laughs> and finally uh Indiana Jones. Uh that surprise that we got this year to listen to the theme live. Uh, again was such a treat i can't wait for that movie and uh, i hope that we are able to come back next uh, september and see john williams again anyway thank you very much bye nice job danny it's always awesome to see your face on the show you're a wonderful person Uh, i'm jealous of your experiences because we luckily got to see john williams uh, perform at celebration
1: yeah. but
2: like i said i'm always seeing your pic- your pictures and videos on social media and every time i'm like living through you with your lightsaber up um so john what'd you think
0: well danny now rivaling carmelo with on location reporting Go right. uh, <laughs> going cause remember carmelo did the he went to the attack yes. of the clones location <laughs> yeah. um miss you buddy but it's danny's time um So, Danny went to the Hollywood Bowl. I think that's so cool that you even thought of us and went there and and did your video while you were there. So, that Mm -hmm, means a lot. So fun. And, Danny, you're one of my favorites. You know that. Love you. Miss you. Um, I loved your answer. Your number one pick because I never, I don't know if I said this on the podcast or not, but the first time I watched The Force Awakens, when it got to the end and the Jedi steps started, I started getting teary-eyed. And that's never happened to me watching Star Wars before. So, Force Awakens, the end of the movie, Jedi steps, John Williams. You think like this guy's gonna be phoning it in. It's kind of like the last hurrah trilogy. Brought his A game. Brought made a new theme, new song, and that that song. I every time that scene comes on, I get chills. And she's climbing the steps, and she's like finally at the end of this long journey about to see Luke Skywalker and stuff. So. I was so happy that you said that pick because I thought it would be Imperial March or something like that. And then you did mention, you know, Indiana Jones and a few of the other stuff, of course, Solo, right? But uh, great pick, your first one, uh, the Jedi Steps. Like that. I'm so happy that you said that, and uh, I would love to go see him at a Hollywood Bowl. Who knows if it's in the cards? Obviously, a lot of travel for me, but great to hear from you. Great to see you as always, and uh, hope you're well.
1: And talk to you soon in the chats and stuff. Thanks, Danny,
2: <laughs> James.
1: Maybe John Williams will come to the downtown Dayton Amphitheater. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the Levitt Pavilion. Uh, here, <laughs> I doubt it. Um, no, I mean, it's so awesome that uh, that you have become one of our friends, you know, that you are even here uh, and, and have the expertise of saying I've seen him multiple times. That's something we all three are very envious of very cool glad that you um i don't i don't think you were filming like at a john williams thing right but you have tickets or go to the bowl regularly that's cool too like i'd like to know what you were watching that night um great all great answers to the the question um i i really do think like no, look nobody's sleeping on jedi steps like everybody's very well well aware of it but it is such a weird song to be like that big one you know it's not like so and so's theme or the big theme for the movie or something like that it's just just it just happens to be like that one little segment you know what i mean and it just hits so perfectly it's uh it's interesting it's just such a good pick it's it's very good pick i'm glad you said it um it, i dare even say like it's the right answer like you're correct <laughs> that's the that's the <laughs> best one um but that's how i feel but you know all, all the honorable mentions, good too um especially the indiana jones theme like it is hard when you're comparing some of the other stuff he's done as well but you know i think with staying within the star wars world jedi said great answer love it thank you danny miss you um
2: this is a this was great. Thank you for doing this. Um I'm sure you know mine's fa- my favorite is race theme. Everybody knows that. But I you can be
1: lame and just pick like so and so's theme. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm lame. <laughs> I picked so and so's theme. Um but I loved your pick. I thought it was so so great. You know, just like John had talked about it. It's just like a a unique pick that everybody kind of has that emotion with TFA when you finally get the reveal of Luke Skywalker. It's just such a beautiful moment. Um, I also appreciate Indiana Jones, very cool, and Adventures of Han. He, John Williams just gets Harrison Ford, you know, better than most people. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for being a part of the community. We really appreciate it. Back to you, John.
0: All right. Yes, love those pod races. I love that uh, they can have a voice on the podcast. Mm-hmm. They always like they always deliver too. Every time. Yeah, Every time. absolutely. There's never a one where we're like. So you guys are the <laughs> best. Um sometimes when we talk, it's like but you guys know Um <laughs> but yeah, thanks everybody for listening watching and being a part of TRB. Uh it means a great deal to us. As Lacey said, hopefully everyone who is a current patron of ours is enjoying the new look to the page, some of the changes, uh, some of the new stuff we're gonna be doing on there. And if you haven't yet, like Lacey said, go check it out at least. Just go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, take a look at the tiers and hop aboard because it's uh it's about to get busy in star wars land right because we have uh and and a lot coming next year including mando right around the corner before we know bad it batch. february yeah bad batch of course january um so uh in addition to that make sure you do head to star wars news net for all of your star wars news every day as you're eating your cheerios and uh you can find me on twitter at johnny hoey writing and editing at starwarsnewsnet.com and uh, my movie podcast, just like the movies, um, we are doing the first Mission Impossible, which should be coming out tomorrow on uh, your favorite audio podcast app. James,
1: this move <laughs> makes it disappear. <laughs> That's the knocklist thing, John. You need to rewatch Mission Impossible. You guys can find me on Twitter well, and Instagram both like, at Myra doing? Trunks. What did you people do?
2: can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin.
0: You didn't even let me say Lacey. You just knew it was your turn.
2: Well, you guys were talking about something else, so I just started talking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh look, here's the deal. Wednesday, we are going live or probably around nine p m east. That's likely the mm-hmm. destination. But uh for our audio listeners, we will have that on the on the uh on your apps Thursday morning, as always. But if you can, join us live because it's always a party head into the live chat bring your friends it's gonna be awesome because we're gonna be talking about the first three episodes of Andor. we're very excited to watch that when you watch it and then talk about it with you as we do here on trb so we'll see you sooner than usual because we'll see you wednesday night with another episode but live right here on the resistance bro see you around kids